So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Circus Space 102 FM, which is a Come and See Inspirations production, being produced here in our Come and See studio here in Ada. And it's the 7th of June. It's the Trinity Sunday, the, the feast of the most holy trinity. My name is John Keeley. Thank you again for joining me this morning. And help me to produce the programme again this morning, and present the programme, should I say, as well. Shane Ambrose, good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping in this COVID times? COVID times, and into June already, and been in COVID times, been in COVID times. Yeah, hard to believe we're into the summer, although I'm hoping um, that the summer isn't over after all the fabulous weather we have, and uh, suddenly this change that we've had. But after saying that now, Shane, my back needed a bit of a break, you know, because um, I had no excuse while this good weather was on to take care of a few little jobs outside in the garden that needed taken <laughs> care of. So, you know, just thinking about myself from that respect. But anyway, right. and, and with the programme, uh, again, um, listeners, we want to welcome especially our listeners who are housebound. And we've said that for the last 10 years, really, because we do, we do recognise that people are on their own maybe can't get out for whatever reason they're lonely or they're struggling in these days of cocooning they're afraid to go outside we hope that we'll bring you something today that'll cheer you up as we're trying to do every week and that includes music thanks again for your prayer because I know you do keep us in prayer because you tell us when we meet you this programme, our programme is broadcast on West Limit 102 at 10am and 11pm each Sunday come back to that in a second the podcast of this programme are available through our uh, Come and See Inspiration podcast page. Uh, and these are available for playback and download at our Come and See Inspirations pod pe- pe- podcast page. Really, the simplest way of doing that, just Google Come and See Inspirations and you get us there. And then there, all the programmes going, stretching all the way back, um, the, 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 the full programmes, and we also try to pull out from them, segregate out from them, uh, just have the maybe the the person who might be on to offer some reflection or or some faith topic that particular week. But you can get us there. Um, you can get us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, and other platforms. I just want to return again to the times, 10 a.m. and 11 p.m. Sunday night. So 11 p.m. Sunday night, we play a normal Sacred Space 102 FM um program that we're, we're recording here by Malcolm and C Studio in Ireland. That stays the same. But at 10 a.m., because of these times of cocooning and so on and so forth, and people are restricted from attending Mass sacramentally, physically, um, we're delighted to be able to broadcast uh, Mass from Abbeyfield Parish each Sunday at 10 a.m. And we thank Father Tony Mullins and the parishioners of, of, um, of Abbeyfield Parish for facilitating that for us. And also... Uh, a lovely guy in West Limit 102, Seamus, uh, excuse me, Jason Smith. Jason's there faithfully with us every week. Um, and thanks a lot for that, Jason. But just to remind people again, at 10 a.m. every Sunday morning for the foreseeable future, we'll be broadcasting Mass from Abbeyfield, our normal programme, 11 p.m. of a Sunday night. The other um, broadcast that uh, we make is, during the week, a little programme called Inspirational Reflections. That's on after the 1 p.m. news, Monday to Friday, uh, on West Limit 102 local radio. Uh, so it's after the 1 p.m. news. On that, I play music, various types of music. It can be traditional hymns, it can be worship music, it can be gospel music. Obviously, what we'd like people to do is to, is to text us in and let me know what you'd like, and, and we'll play it. But we also go back uh, through our archives, West Limit 102 archives. Uh, we've got 10 years of them now, 11, 10 and a half years of them now. And we've got lots of um, 
it's a piece of uh, beautiful reflections and, and stories from various people on various t- faith topics. And we finish off each programme by praying the rosary with Dana and Father Kevin Scanlon. That's inspirational reflections after the 1pm news, Monday to Friday. The, the Novena to Our Lady of Perpetual Help will be happening this year from June the 19th to the 27th. But it'll be happening really online. I mean, obviously, again, the uh, church is closed in the Redemptus, although it's open in the afternoon, I believe, for private visits. But the sessions are at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., um, 7.30, sorry, 7.30, I think 7.15 or 7.30, and 9 p.m. And they're available online, novena.ie. But for those people, again, who cannot get online, we're delighted to, in, in agreement with West Limit 102, and Father Seamus Enright, the Redemptist, I'm going to record the 8 a.m. session each day and broadcast that on the 1 p.m. slot that I have on the coming on the Inspirations Reflections. So from Friday the 19th and all the following week, we will be broadcasting a session that will be pre-recorded, the 8 a.m. session, um, each day of the Novena to a Lady Perpetual Help in Limerick. I did mention there just a few seconds ago a text and please use the text if you want us to want to pass any message on to us in terms of um, something else you'd, somebody you'd like us to talk to and from a ta- faith, uh, faith point of view. Um, a bit of music you'd like. 87 is the text. That's 87 or email comingseeinspirations at gmail.com. Now, Shane, that's a few little bits and pieces that I got just cleared out of the way. Saints for the week... <laughs> A few little bits and pieces, my God, John. <laughs> right, if, if, if you've kept that straight in your head, now you'll be doing well, folks. So, um, so something a little bit more easier, just a little bit of information for people, as John said. Uh, just to know, who are our celestial guides, uh, the saints of the week that are going to be accompanying us liturgically for the next seven days? So, as John said, of course, today <clears throat> is the solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity. Um I don't know, when I was a child in school, I suppose we were asked one, the teacher uh, was asked one of the days, what is it? And her response was, it's a mystery, pray about it. And I thought, you know what, there's an awful lot to be said for it. So today, of course, is the solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity. Um, For those that are praying the Psalter, we're using week two. And for those that are following a a weekly, a daily missile for Mass, if you're following Mass online, I was asked during the week to include it. We're on cycle two and we're going into the 10th week in ordinary time. So for for the layperson in the pew, it's how you figure out where in the missile you are because it moves around a small bit. So we're in weekday cycle two. We're on the 10th week in ordinary time. And um, so and of course, today is the Sunday of the Most Holy Trinity. So that's where we are in terms of the calendar. And as, as I said, for those praying the Psalter, we're using week two. So Monday, the 8th of June. Uh, is the feast day of St. Coleman. Now, Coleman is associated with Dromore in County Down, and he was persuaded by St. Magnissi, is how it's described, to settle at Dromore around the year 514 AD. And that's pretty... His feast day is normally on the on the, um, the 7th, and it's, it's, it's moved to the 8th this year, because obviously the Trinity takes precedence. Then, um, on the 9th of June, we have a big feast day. It's a national feast day, and it is the feast of Saint Columba or Saint Columkill. 
So it's, it's St. Column Kill, of course, is up there with St. Patrick and St. Bridget as one of the principal patrons of Ireland. Uh, very much, of course, so associated with County Donegal. He was of royal house. And he was born around 521 AD. He studied under St. Finian, of course. And um, so he studied under two Finians, actually. Finian of Moville and Finian of Clonard. And St. Columba or Columkill, he founded monasteries in Derry, Duro, and, of course, most famously at Iona. And, of course, there's the whole thing about the reason that he left Ireland. <clears throat> he was either for penance or as a Pellegrino Christi, a pilgrim for Christ. And where and he went out to Iona, which became, of course, his principal foundation, of course. And it was from Iona that the Christianization of Northern England and Scotland took principally took place uh, around Northumbria, I think is how you pronounce the area in the UK. Uh, and he died in 597 AD. So that's the feast day of St. Colum Kill. Not to be um, uh, confused, of course, with St. Columbanus. So St. Columbanus feast day we celebrate in November. So um, so the 9th of June is the feast day of St. Colum Kill. And I always make the distinction between the two of them. He's the guy in Iona, and that's how I kind of remember it. Then on Wednesday, the 10th, we have the feast day of St. Ephraim the Syrian. Now, this is an interesting one because... And particularly because, of course, we're just after celebrating the Feast of Pentecost and because, of course, today is Trinity Sunday. St. Ephraim the Syrian, he was a deacon in the church in the east. He was a native of Mesopotamia, which is now modern-day Iraq. And he was a monk and he became a deacon near Edessa in modern Turkey. Now, he's famous because the and he's a doctor of the church since, uh, I think it's the 1920s. And he's called the Harp of the Holy Spirit. This is a, He's a writer of the early Christian church church who has whose writings have come down to us he's famous for having written uh, easy to learn hymns for, for, for his time where the great truths of the faith were included in the hymns that people were able to remember and combated the great heresies like Arianism at the time. Um, he's also very well known for having written commentaries on scriptures, and even to this day, his hymns that he, he, has, he wrote are used in the liturgies of the Eastern Orthodox churches, both those that are loyal to Rome and those that are, are, are Orthodox churches as well. So he's, it's a famous guy. His name's Ephraim, and he celebrates his feast day on Wednesday. Then on Thursday, we celebrate the feast day of St. Barnabas the Apostle. Now, Barnabas is interesting. He was born on the island of Cyprus. He was one of the first converts in Jerusalem, and he preached at Antioch with Paul. Um, he went with Paul on Paul's first missionary journey. Uh, they then had some bit of a falling out, as you do. And then he took part in the Council of Jerusalem, which was the first council of the church. This was the council where the apostles decided that the Mosaic law did not apply to Gentiles that had converted to Christianity. And he then journeyed on to return to Cyprus and he died and to preach the gospel and he died there. Barnabas, so that's St. Barnabas, whose feast day we celebrate on the 11th of June. Interesting one, John, for you. The Basilica of St. Barnabas in Rome is in the care of the community of San Indigio and it holds the relics of the martyrs of the 20th century. So if you ever get to Rome, and it's an interesting one, it's on an island in the middle of the Tiber, the river in Rome. And it's for me, it's one of those churches I always visit if I'm in Rome. Um, and it has relics. So it's relics of those that suffered under communism, those that suffered under Chinese communism, those that suffered under the Nazis. It had the relics, uh, some relics associated with Oscar Romero. So uh, from all the continents of the world. And it's, 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 it's beautiful, actually, Basilica as well. So if you ever manage to get to Rome, I would highly recommend it. Then on fr now, just to observe as well, the 11th of June, 
if you are going to participate in the Novena to the Sacred Heart, because the Feast of the Sacred Heart is on on the 19th of June. So if you're doing if you're doing your, your Novena, it would start on the Thursday. Uh, so just don't forget to start it that day as well. Then Friday the 12th of June is the feast day of St. Onuferius of Egypt, John. Now there's one for you to choke on. Uh, he was a hermit in the, for 70 years in the desert near Thebes in Upper Egypt. And he wanted to, to, to imitate St. John the Baptist. Uh, popular in the Middle Ages, particularly with monks. I have no idea why. And he daily became associated with weavers as well. And he's the patron saint's of uh, weavers actually is predominantly because he used to make his own clothes and he died around the year 400 AD. And also just to remind people that next Sunday is the feast of Corpus Christi. Uh, sorry, I forgot one. I beg your pardon. Next Saturday is the 13th of June and it's an important one. Oh my God, I will be killed, John, for not remembering this at home. Yeah, so next Saturday is the feast day of St. Anthony of Padua, Bishop and Doctor of the Church. Otherwise known, of course, as St. Anthony of Lisbon, to be very pop, to be very precise, because if you were talking to someone from Portugal, they would not call him Anthony of Padua. They would call him Anthony of, of Lisbon because he was actually born in Lisbon. And of course, this is St. Anthony of the Lost Things. You know the one, the St. Anthony that you asked? Oh, Anthony, I've lost my keys. Can you please help? So we said that's his feast day. He died in Padua in 1231 at the age of 36. He was born in Portugal in Lisbon. He was a Franciscan and he preached against heresy throughout France and Italy. And of course, he is most famous today as being the man you whose as intercession you invoke when you lose things. And I can tell you he's invoked very often in our house and we must owe the man a small fortune at this stage. <laughs> We're all in the same boat. Listen, thanks a lot for that. Thank you very much indeed for that. Okay, before we go for our first bit of music, there's a spiritual communion prayer that um, we pray, as we normally do, for those, and most of us these days, who can't receive Jesus sacramentally at Mass. Of course, the best way to receive Christ is in Holy Communion at Mass. Yet for those times you can't, you, you can't get Mass, you can still reach out to him by making a spiritual communion in prayer. And the prayer is... My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul, since I cannot now receive you sacramentally and come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Now, Shane, we go for our first bit of music. You mentioned there um, the feast of the Sacred Heart of the Venus, starting to the Sacred Heart. So maybe our first bit of music this morning mightn't be, it, it might be a bad idea to play that beautiful piece of music sung by Regina, Regina Nathan. And this one is entitled Sweetheart of Jesus. Come back and join us again in part two, where we'll be joined by Father Seamus Enright of the uh, Redemptist community in Remick, Mount St. Alphonsus, who's going to let us know a bit more, well, a lot more, about what's happening with the Novena in Remick this year to Our Lady of Perpetual Help. So join us again in part two.
So welcome back again to the second part of our program this morning. My name is John Keenan still. Sharon Ambrose is still joining me on the end of the Skype line. And at this time of the year now when a, a very popular event takes place in Limerick every year, where loads of thousands of people used to go every day, never mind every week, to go and visit a very popular novena in Limerick, uh, the novena for a lady of perpetual help. And delighted to have on the phone to tell us what's happening about uh, about that this year. Director of Mount St. Alphonsus, Father Seamus Enred. Good morning to you, Father. John, good morning, and thank you for having me on the programme. Coming on, Father. I know Father's going to go through and let us know what's happening in, in regard to the novena this year. But I thought maybe it might be good to give people a little bit of a background as to the whole idea of Our Lady of Perpetual Help and so on and so forth. And as most of us would know, there's a famous icon, the icon or picture or icon, I would say, of to Our Lady of Perpetual Help. Can you tell us a bit about the history of that, please, Father? Well, the history, the early history is obscure. Um, it was entrusted to the care of the Redemptress by Pope Pius IX in 1866. And he gave us a mandate when he gave us the, when he gave the icon into our care. He asked us to promote devotion to Our Lady as the Lady of Perpetual Help. So we've been doing that ever since. So shortly after the icon came into our care, um, they began making copies of it. So one of the, the first copy made was actually given to the Pope at the time. And one of the very early copies came to Limerick and it came here at the end of 1867. Now, prior to the icon being entrusted to our care, it was in the care of the Irish Augustinians in Rome. Um, they had set up a community in Rome during the penal times when it wasn't um, possible to live religious life in Ireland. So they've had it in their care um, for quite a long time. But the legend, I suppose, is that it was stolen by a Roman merchant um, from a church on the island of Crete. And icons do come to us from the kind of Eastern church. It was stolen that he brought it home, that on his deathbed he asked his wife to put it in a church because he was repenting of his theft. And she promised she would. But then she fell in love with the icon herself and decided not to do anything about it. Now, this is, this, is, um, this is the story, how accurate it is. Historically, we just wouldn't be sure. But the tradition then is that Our Lady appeared to the mother-in-law of this woman and asked her to ask her daughter um, to place the icon in a church. And the mother-in-law wasn't successful in her efforts. But then Our Lady, the story goes, appeared to the woman's young daughter and asked her to ask her mother to place the icon in the church of St. Matthew. And, and the mother did. Um, as her daughter requested, the icon was placed in the church of St. Matthew. The church of St. Matthew was in the care of the Augustinians. But it was destroyed um, by the French when they invaded Rome um, in the revolutionary period after the French Revolution. And then it vanished from sight. The Augustinians had it, but they didn't put it in a public church. They kept it in their own private oratory. So the Redemptors then came along and um, in the 1850s to build a church in Rome and our mother house. And we built the church on seemingly very close to the site of where the old St. Matthew's church had been. And the people told us the story and they remembered the icon, but nobody knew where it was. 
And then one of the young um, redemptress, one of the young Roman redemptress, remembered that when he was an altar boy serving Mass in the Irish Augustinian Church in Rome, an old brother took him into the monastery one day to the oratory of the friars and showed him the icon of Our Lady of Perpetual Help and lamented that it was out of view. So a little bit of investigating went on and it was discovered that the icon of Our Lady of Perpetual Help was there in the care of the Augustinians. So our Superior General then went to Pope Pius IX and he asked Pope Pius IX to ask the Augustinians to transfer the icon into the care of the Redemptress. Um, and the Pope did. And I mean, what do you do when the Pope asks you to do something? The Augustinians handed over the icon. And the arrangement with the Pope was that we would give them another copy, another picture of Our Lady instead. But when Father Douglas, who was the rector of the um, house in Rome, the Redemptorist house in Rome, went to Father O'Brien, who was the Augustinian prior, Father O'Brien said, we have lots of pictures of Our Lady and we really don't need another one. But we're in financially very difficult positions, so we'd appreciate a donation instead. So um, the Redemptorist gave the Augustinians some money and the icon passed into our care. It needed to be restored. It was restored. So 1866, um, it began to be venerated in St. Alfonso, which is our church in Rome. And as I say, a copy, the first copy to come to Ireland came to Limerick at the very end of 1867. And it's been venerated in the church ever since. In 1868 and 1869, the men of the Holy Family Confraternity, which had been founded at the beginning of 1867, they fundraised and they built the beautiful shrine as a home, as a fitting home for the icon of Our Lady of Perpetual Help. So the icon has been um, venerated in the shrine in Mount St. Alphonsus in the church since 1867 and in the shrine since 1869 when the shrine was dedicated. And of course, um, it's become, I suppose in many ways you could say that the shrine is like the, the spiritual heart of Limerick. It's where people come um, when they're um, in trouble. And people were very sad there for some weeks when the church was closed. But now we're open again in the afternoons for private prayer. And it's lovely to see a procession of people in and out um, in the afternoon um, praying in the church and visiting the shrine um, to, to venerate the icon. So from Limerick, it spread to the other Irish redemptorist houses around the country. And then redemptorists from Ireland when they were going to New Zealand, Australia, Sri Lanka, the Philippines, um, took the devotion to Our Lady of Perpetual Help with them. So we've been faithful, I think, to the mandate that St. Pope Pius IX gave us, make her known, he said, make her known, and that's what we're doing. And so since 1860... That's history now. Beautiful, thank you so much indeed. So from really from 1867, so there's been uh, the icon or a copy of the icon in the church in... Yeah. So it's, it's a copy of the original icon, but we would now see it as an icon. It is an icon in its own right. It's what we would now call the, the Limerick icon of Our Lady of Perpetual Help. Um, I think people in Limerick would people in Limerick be almost offended if it was described as a copy now. It yes. has become yeah, so unique yes, itself, you know? And so the Novena, did the Novena set up almost right away in Limerick, um, Father Seamus? Devotion, yeah. So devotion had begun. Devotion to Our Lady of Perpetual Help begun almost right away. Um, I don't know exactly when the novena 
um, in honor of Our Lady of Perpetual Help began in, 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 in Limerick. But we do know that during the Second World War, there was an American redemptorist serving with the American forces in the north of Ireland, and he introduced the redemptorist in Clonmers to the idea which was growing in the United States, to the idea of a perpetual novena, of a weekly novena. So that began in Clonard during the Second World War and spread very quickly to Limerick. So sometime in the 1940s, the, the weekly novena, um, the perpetual novena, as we call it, began in Limerick. And the, pre- the shape of the novena at present, the, the, the nine days as we have celebrated them, well, the Vincent Kavanagh, I suppose, put that shape on it in 1972. So the devotion has been there since 1867, but it has taken different shapes and it has been, ex- been expressed um, differently at different times with the novena since the 1940s and the present shape of the novena um, since 1972. And so in more recent times... Um I mean, 10 sessions a day for nine days, nearly 100,000 people a day. Yeah, I remember remember when there were 12, um, and double sessions as well at some of the sessions. So, I mean, 10 is still a wonderful um, number to be celebrating, but there were 12, and maybe five or six of those 12 were double ones. I remember when I was a young redemptorist as well as the church, we would have had a marquee off the back of the church for the, and we would have run parallel sessions. Um, but 10 sessions, yeah. This year we will have four sessions because it's online. Um, so we will have four online celebrations of the Novena. Just come to that now in a second. But, 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 but well, uh, as well as people from the locality and, and neighbouring counties coming to visit and attend the Novena, of course, a very popular attendance online, novena.ie, isn't that right? Novena.ie, yeah. yeah. And of course, since we closed the church, um, one of the interesting things really for us is that since we closed the church back in the middle of March, we've almost, I suppose, reinvented ourselves as a, as a virtual church with a virtual congregation. Uh, you know, we continue with the daily masses. We have online adoration at 8 o'clock now this evening. We will have, uh, on the evenings at 8 o'clock, we, we have the rosary. Um, and we have thousands of people joining us from all over the world. So we're in connection, I suppose, virtually with more people than we were um, physically with people before the church closed. So on an average weekday, we would have between four and 5,000 people joining us now. And at the weekend, that would go up to eight, eight and a half, nine thousand people. So it's for us a and we have very interesting contact with people, emails, um, letters, text messages, telephone calls um, from people all over the place. So um, even though we've been in lockdown and cocooned, um, we have been hugely in contact with people. And that's been a blessing for us. And it's just the wonders of technology. And we're grateful for it. And so th- we're hoping... That you're in the novena, even more people will join us. And thank God for that. So we come to we come to this year, Father Seamus, and um, novena, as you said, it's been slightly slimmed down, or it's slimmed down a lot, I suppose. So t- tell us, for, first of all, what's the focus this year, or the theme? I'm hoping a time of crisis. Okay, ideal, ideal. And the yeah. the sessions, um, Father. It, 
Well, we begin on the 19th of June and we finish on the 27th of June, which is the Feast of Our Lady of Perpetual Health. And we'll have two celebrations in the morning at 8 and at 10, and then in the evening at 7.15 and at 9. So we're just having morning and evening ones because we want to continue um, opening the church in the afternoons for people to visit for personal prayer and also during the novena for people who are living within a uh, 20-kilometre radius of Limerick because I think that's the restriction that will be in place so that people within that radius will actually be able to come and visit the shrine and venerate the icon themselves if they want to. So it will be possible for people, as I say, within 20 kilometres of Limerick to actually follow the novena online and then in the afternoon come and, and pray before the icon in the church. People who are farther afield will just have to join us um, virtually online. And I'm delighted to, to, to have an agreement with yourself and West Limit 1 or 2. I spoke with yourself a number of weeks back. I know that there's an awful lot of people, including ourselves, who used to love to go into the novena every day and maybe a few times a week. And those people can't physically do it. But with thanks to West Limit 102 local radio here, um, I do have a programme on during the day now, and it's, it's on after the 1pm news here on West Limit 102 until 2 o'clock. So I asked Father Seamus, would it be possible if we were able to record the 8am session and I'll have that edited and sent into the station. So the, the, so the plan is on the first day, the Friday the 19th, uh, and West Limit 102 here, we'll, we'll broadcast um, the recorded session, the 8am session uh, um, of, of the course. novena. And then yeah. Monday, Monday, Tuesday... We'll begin on, yeah, we'll begin on Friday the 19th. And we'd be delighted if you were to do that. So you would do it on the Friday, Friday and then and not then on the Saturday and Sunday and pick up again on the Monday. Then. Monday through, through <coughs> to Friday again. Monday to Friday. That'd so, be wonderful. So for those delighted. people who don't have internet access, uh, I know, thanks be to God, there's some beautiful stuff on there, but there's no other people that, you know, that don't have it on. Um, but if people wanted to, want to send in petitions and so on and so forth, Father, there is oh, yeah, a facility online. It's not they can, they can email them in or they can post them into us here. I think if they write to us, Redemptress Limerick will get us, or Redemptress Henry Street Limerick. But Redemptress Limerick should be enough. So that's giving people really sufficient time because it's on the 19th of June. It's that. So therefore, if people do want to mail in their petitions, we'll be delighted and we'll put them at the shrine and we'll pray for them every day during the novena. So as I say, you can send them just Redemptress Henry Street Limerick. That should get us. Beautiful. So, again, novena.ie, 8 a.m., 10 a.m. That's the website, 8 a.m., 10 a.m., 7.15 p.m. and 9 p.m. in the evening. But, of course, you can visit the church virtually um, 24-7. We stream stream all day. So people will be able to come in the afternoons to pray themselves. And people tell us that they find great comfort coming to pray late at night, early in the morning in the church. There are people who tell us they're, they're sick, they're distressed, they're unwell. And people make, I suppose, what you might call um, virtual visits to the church or virtual visits to the Blessed Sacrament. And these days, of course, um, these days leading up to the Novena, we have adoration online every day from 11 to 12. And we pray the rosary every evening at 8, as well as our regular masses, and all at novena.ie. Father Seamus, thanks so much for, for really making those resources available for us, especially in these present times when people can't... Not, not at all. Can. We're delighted, and we really appreciate your, we really appreciate, uh, your helping us in promoting us. And I'm delighted 
and that you're going to be able to broadcast some of the Novena celebrations because there is this digital divide. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. As you say, not everybody has internet access. Just remind uh, listeners again, it's after the 1pm news, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, West Limit 102. Father, at this point, thank you so much indeed for coming on. Uh, we'll certainly, uh, certainly let people know over the coming days um, that we can bring it to them if they can't get there. But one of the most important things that people like to have uh, and to take part in, apart from the singing, of course, the singing was, was very popular um, in the Novena, even those people, those of us who thought we couldn't sing, at least would sing anyway when, when there was a few hundred people <laughs> singing around us. But the, one of the beautiful uh, experiences was praying of the Novena prayer. Father, would you mind share, sharing that, uh, that prayer with us, please, before we go for a piece of music? Of course I will. Uh, Mother of Perpetual Health, with the greatest confidence, we come before your holy picture to be inspired by the example of your life. <clears throat> Excuse me. We think of you at that moment when, full of faith and trust, you accepted God's call to be the mother of his son. Help us, your children, to accept with joy our own calling in life. When you learned that your cousin Elizabeth was in need, you immediately went to serve her and offer your help. Help us, like you, to be concerned for others. We think of your mother at the foot of the cross. Your heart must have bled to see your son in agony. But your joy was great when he rose from the dead, victorious over the powers of evil. Mother of sorrows, help us through the trials and disappointments of life. Help us not to lose heart. May we share with you and your son the joy of having courageously faced up to all the challenges of life. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for the need for that, Father Shamus, and thanks again for your time. I asked you to choose a bit of mu- a piece of music, and, and um, you chose one um, this morning by Bernadette Farrell. Bernadette Farrell, yeah, God Beyond All Names. Father, we'll, we'll certainly play this now as we leave this section. And again, God bless, and best of luck with the Divina. We'll keep you in prayer, and, and, and please keep ourselves in prayer. And, we, and we'll do the same. John, thank you very much. So we'll miss seeing you at the Novena this year, but we'll look forward to joining we'll virtually. Keep an eye on you at novena.ie. God beyond our dreams, you have stirred in us a memory. You have placed your powerful spirit in the hearts of humankind. All around us we have known you, all creation lives to hold you. In our living and our dying, we are bringing you 
So welcome back again to the third part of Coming Circus Space 102 FM. Uh, my name is John Keeley. Uh, joined on the other end of the Skype line again by Shane, and we thank Father Seamus Enright for sharing that information with us, uh, including the history of Our Lady of Perpetual Help and also details of uh, the Novena in Limerick. And don't forget, it'll be broadcast here in Circus Space beginning the 19th. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be actually broadcast and coming on um, Inspiration Reflections uh, just after the 1 p.m. news on, on Friday and all the following week, the weekdays, um, and we thank Western Limit 102 for that facility. So now we will go for our most important part of the programme where we read and reflect in the Word of God, the Sunday Gospel. And before that, I'll ask Shane to pray this prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this Word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this Word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this Father in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Jen. So the Gospel for today, for Trinity Sunday, is taken from the Gospel of John. Chapter 3, verse 16 to 18. I know we've heard it before. We need to pay attention again this morning. Jesus said to Nicodemus, God loved the world so much that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not be lost but may have eternal life. For God sent his Son into the world not to condemn the world, but so that through him the world might be saved. No one who believes in him will be condemned, but whoever refuses to believe is condemned already, because he has refused to believe in the name of God's only Son. That's the Gospel for today, for Trinity Sunday. Shane, you want to share a thought, please? Yeah, um... I suppose two things, two two ways to approach it, John. Just, I suppose, firstly, um, before actually diving into the, the gospel that's given to us this morning, I suppose just to touch on the fact, of course, that today is Trinity Sunday. Um, now, I'm not going to try and deal with the mystery of the Holy Trinity, except maybe just two thoughts that I came across during the week in relation to it. And I suppose one is just to say to people that, you know, um, a lovely reflection where it said, human language is inadequate to explain the mystery of the divine. The Trinity, as a mystery, does not mean that a truth of which we cannot know anything. It means a truth of which we cannot know everything. Because our capacity to know and understand God is always limited. <clears throat> Instead, God in Jesus stoops down to our level and earnestly desires to share his life with us so that if we believe in him, we will not be lost, but we'll have eternal life. 
I thought that was kind of important to say that the idea of under, the Trinity is not that we can know everything about it because we cannot know everything about God. And it's just for us to understand and reflect on that. And then I came across a great little quote from Meister Eckhart. Um, he's a Dominican. Um, he's a mystic, a German mystic. And I thought it was an interesting one. He says, <clears throat> when God laughs at the soul and the soul laughs back at God, the persons of the Trinity are begotten. When the father laughs at the son and the son laughs back at the father, that laughter gives pleasure. That pleasure gives joy, that joy gives love, and that love is the Holy Spirit. And I thought it was just a nice kind of light-ish way of just reflecting on the Holy Trinity um, this Sunday. Because, of course, the gospel that's put before us is taken from the gospel of St. John. And as you said, <clears throat> uh, John, before reading it, this is probably one of the most well-known, probably one of the most well-quoted, because, of course, uh, people would have known it's John 3.16, um, 3.16 to 18, and of course that would have been famous for anyone that was a Gaelic Games fan for many years. Um, <clears throat> and I think, I suppose, what we what we would say to people is that it's it's very much some, it's a gospel that's, it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine lines long in the version that I'm looking at. And it's one, I suppose, that in one sense can be very short, but also has quite a lot packed into it. So I suppose this morning, what I would say to people is I'm going to try and go through it and, and try to just give a couple of thoughts on it. Um, but definitely it's one that you should pick up during the week and definitely just go through it line by line and just stick with it. It's, you know, when, you're, when, when they're short like this, um, it's hard sometimes to do Lexio on them. So just re go back and go back again um, and, 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 and have a look at it. So we're talking about Jesus talking to Nicodemus. Now, Nicodemus was one of the Sanhedrin and he'd come to Jesus at night because he didn't want to be seen. And this is part of a much, much longer discourse of the talk that's in St. John's Gospel. It starts, it starts obviously, whole chapter three, and this is verse 16. So we're halfway through it. And in it, Jesus and Nicodemus are talking and he's trying to explain different things to him. And then, of course, we have that great, beautiful sentence of trying to explain what, who and what Jesus is. God loved the world so much that he gave his only son. And it's trying to, I suppose, for us to comprehend the majesty, the beauty, the, the self-giving nature of that. Because I suppose for us, sometimes love can be... Human love, I suppose, can be limited sometimes in its expression. Because sometimes there's almost a case of I give because I get back. And but also, you know, we do have that capacity within us just to give, um, you know, I'm not not just, you know, to say, but just the human nature being what it is. But what's held up before us is this example of God's absolutely fulsome gift of love that's given to us. And he, that fact that he loved us so much that he sent his son into the world to to uh to 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 be saved because he says so that everyone who believes in him may not be lost but may have eternal life and i suppose that's again again it's a theme that's coming through in the last couple of sundays is this theme of hope for us particularly in a difficult time like we're going through at the moment that we may not be lost but may have eternal life now i don't know about any of the rest of you but there have been times over the last couple of weeks where it's just gotten all too much like it seems like the walls have closed in on top of you, particularly for those that are cocooning. I'd be very conscious of it as well, that where you're not allowed out or you can't go out or you're not supposed to go out, that the t at times the walls must seem like they're crowding in on top of you. And just trying to keep a clear head, 
to keep a clear grasp of emotions and everything else can be very difficult. But the gospel kind of gives us something, hope this morning, that may not be lost but may have eternal life. That great promise that's given to us because Jesus has come into the world. And I suppose the interesting thing about John's gospel in this particular part of it is that it could sum up the reason that Christians believe. Why we profess a belief in Christ risen, Christ crucified and Christ risen. God so loved the world so much that he gave his only son that everyone who believes in him may not be lost but may have eternal life. It's the promise that is given to us that those of us who believe we will have life eternal. God sent his word into the son not to condemn the world but so through him the world might be saved. And I think that's a very important thing for us sometimes to reflect on because sometimes, like for example, there was a thing, there was a thing at the start of all this pandemic where people were trying to say, oh, this is God's punishment on humanity and all this kind of palaver. And it was interesting, actually, Bishop Brent came out and he made it very clear that even to suggest such a thing was almost blasphemous. And here again in the gospel, we have, we have John's speaking to us 2,000 years ago, but almost speaking to our circumstances today, where he says, God sent his, his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that so through him the world might be saved. And I suppose that's the thing I think that maybe, you know, Christianity kind of struggles with when we're trying to explain it to people that are trying to understand what it is supposed to be about. This idea that God, omnipotent, omnipresent, the creator of the world, somehow intruded himself into our existence, into time and space, into human life, that he appeared, that we can say 2,000 years ago at a particular moment in time, God walked on this planet. Like, if you think about it, that's mad. If you think about it, that's absolutely crazy stuff. But that's what it is. That's what John is telling us in this morning's gospel. God sent his son into our world, not to condemn the world because it's God's gift to us, but to save the world. And that has profound implications for us in terms of both as human beings, that we are all saved, but also um, that... The world that we know it has goodness in it. By virtue of the fact that Jesus was came into the world, but you know, we we would say in, 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 it's an incarnational theology that the fact that Jesus was in the world means that the world has good in it. That those of us that live in the world, we are journeying towards the divine. That we are going towards God. And that we have to remind ourselves that no matter how people put us down, no matter how people look at us, no matter what people say about you, if they put you down, if you feel that you are, that you feel that sometimes you are alone and adrift in the world, no matter what happens, God loved the world so much. He loved you that he sent his son into that world to save you. Like if you think about that yourself in the moments of deepest, darkest despair, it doesn't matter what anyone says to you about it. What scripture tells us, what we profess and we try to believe, because there are times, I suppose, when we struggle to believe. But let's be faithed. It's a journey of faith. It's never easy. But what we say is God sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but to save it. And so that through him, the world might be saved. And no one who believes in him will be condemned. So even when you're clinging to that belief with your fingertips, and by God have we been clinging for a long time in this country, many people struggling to hold on for various different reasons. You know, it's that clinging on so much to know then that God will enfold us in his embrace, that he will look after us, that he will, he will care for us. 
at this difficult time, I think, that we need to think about. Now, that last line, I suppose, John, can be a difficult one. Whoever refuses to believe is condemned already because he has refused to believe in the name of God's only Son. And I suppose it can sound harsh, but what I suppose we need, what it's trying to say to us, or what I think it's trying to say to us, and God knows I'm no biblical theologian, scholar, whatever, but how I interpret that is that basically John is saying to us, it is up to us whether we want to believe. And if we don't believe, that is our decision to turn away from God. Because God, as we've often said on this program, God never turns away from us. And that's something I think that maybe over the years, particularly in Ireland, we've lost sight of sometimes because of the way our theology was taught to us or the way it was brought across to us or whatever the case might be. And we've lost sight that God is a God of mercy. God is a God of love. And that only it's when we turn away from God more than anything else, because God never turns away from us. He is always there waiting and willing and ready to take us back no matter what. There are a few thoughts, John, for this Sunday's Gospel. Shane, thank you very much, Neil, for that. Um, Just a little thought there, there, just to finish off the programme that I had. I kind of actually changed around some of the words to make it easier for me to sort of reflect today. And I read the Gospel for myself this way. God loved me so much that he gave his only son so that I may not be lost and that I may have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to condemn me, but so that through him I might be saved. And I needed to I needed to read it that way because by inserting myself into the text, I hope I've got a deeper appreciation of how much God loves me. That he gave his only son over to suffer so that I may not be lost, but that I will live forever in eternal life. And, and that's a beautiful expression in this gospel. Eternal life, living forever, not to be lost. With the help of the Holy Spirit, I hope that I'll not reject this love that God has for me. And one more thought came to me this morning. And that's to to thank and pray for all those who helped me on my faith journey and continue to help me on my faith journey so that I might be able to know a little bit more about this God that loves me and done so much for me. I suppose there's only one way to finish off this, this particular section this morning uh, on this feast day. And it's by blessing ourselves in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So that about brings us to the end of the programme. Thanks, Shane, for, for joining me and sharing in those lovely thoughts with us this morning. No problem, John. Uh, we'll go for our final piece of music this, uh, this time. And it's one I picked up from Matt Maher. I like the words to it. It's, it's entitled, Holy, Holy, Holy. Thanks a lot for joining us, and we'll speak to you again. God bless you now. Bye. Bye. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty Early in the morning Our song shall rise to Thee Oh
three persons, blessed Trinity. Cherubim and Seraphim 